the, one of the highest level ways uh, to think about this and why they, they're just no good and they suck is it's a one-way experience. You're talking at an audience and you almost never engage them and you're not a dynamic speaker. You don't practice enough. Uh, you don't include them. It's one way instead of two way. It's it's static, stale, drawn out, too many slides. Slide was a big issue. Um, that's gotta be, if not number one, then that's top three. Speak to any B2B marketer, and I guarantee you that at some point in their career, they've been involved with the production and distribution of a webinar. After all, the format is synonymous with what it means to work in B2B marketing. But over the course of the pandemic, we were inundated with the things as marketers and sellers couldn't get out to trade show events to work their magic in person. And that's led to some calls that the format is dying, if not dead already. But there is one man who thinks different. That man is Mark Killens, CMO of Airmeet. And I have him on B2B Better today to tell me, how do you create webinars that don't suck? I've been at Airmeet for about a year now. We help uh, marketers host more conversational, premium style webinars. Mark is the kind of guy that when he starts to speak, you just can't help but be drawn in. He's a natural storyteller. And a big part of that, I would think, comes from his stints at both HubSpot and Drift, where he held senior leadership positions. He has done, by his count, hundreds, if not thousands of webinars over the course of his career. And when I learned about this, I had to get him onto the podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, we'll talk about how do you structure a great webinar? What are the characteristics of a good webinar host? And how do you develop a strong hook without falling into gimmick territory? Hold on to your hats. We're about to get webified. Modern marketing advice for complex businesses. This is B2B Better. When in doubt, run a webinar. Someone should make a t-shirt about that. But the sentiment is true, right? As marketers, B2B marketers, we love a good webinar. Why? Well, they're easy to pull together. You just need a host and a couple of guests who feel comfortable talking in front of a camera. They make for great lead gen tools. You can stick them behind a registration wall and capture email addresses. And the repurposing potential is high. If you're smart, you can take the clips and you can redistribute them as social snippets, put them into a newsletter, even write blog posts off the back of them. Research from On24 says that 57% of marketers run up to 50 webinars every single year. That's almost one a week. I imagine people take a break over the Christmas period. But if there was ever an occasion where quantity did not equate to quality, webinars would be it. I'm sure everyone listening to this has had their fair share of shitty webinars. They go on too long, the content isn't interesting, the guests look uncomfortable, and ultimately it is just a horrible experience for all involved. And it certainly doesn't deliver the return on investment that particularly right now our senior leadership and specifically the CFO is looking for. And ultimately, what it all comes back to is thinking deeply about the story that we want to tell. And I think that's where most marketers fall short when it comes to running a recurring webinar series. You know, a lot of times they're not planned enough so that 
when you think about the speakers and what you're trying to communicate and the value and the things that the audience will take away from this and what they feel from this, it means you get a plan. So if you're doing a 30-minute webinar, you got to spend at least 90 minutes to up to two hours planning for that. If you're doing an hour-long webinar, that's about minimum three, probably four or five hours of planning. So if you're if you're doing webinars now and you're listening to this and you're not spending that much time planning and preparing and, and even practicing, please start because you're doing yourself and, and your brand, in fact, and then the audience a disservice. Okay, planning. Something that we intuitively all know we should be doing. But what actually goes into that? How do we structure a webinar episode? Mark, take it away. So the first thing with the story, though, right? It's all about the, the theme, the topic, the story. You have to, for me, start with the end in mind. Backwards planning is a traditional thing called, uh, or it's named that in education spaces. And you're going to ask yourself, if we had to have the audience take away two or three things and write those statements out, so the audience will be da-da-da-da-da. The audience will remember da-da-da-da. The audience will um, apply blah-blah-blah. Like, you know, there's all these different verbs you can use to to to, to finish those statements write those out first, right? Because at the end of the day, like that's, that's, that's the ultimate thing you're trying to achieve with the program you're putting on, the webinar, which is people are actually going to take something away from this and, and, and see the time they gave to you, either from watching the recording or hopefully attending live as something of great value. Then you can, you know, and you can, you can start with a high level theme as you do that. Like, you know, there's definitely a thematic thing at a high level, from there, though, if you have the high-level theme and you have these two or three audience uh, outcomes, takeaways, whatever you want to call them, you can start to figure out how do you design the segments in the webinar. You have to have the webinar be segmented. And you have to have the webinar be segmented not just from the conversations or the conversation points that are going to take place in the webinar, but the ways in which you will engage the audience in natural or very specific ways. So, for example, we did one yesterday. It was me and two other folks, and we had three overall conversation talking points around how to take conversations and turn them into cornerstone content. We had three points that we want to really hit on for about 15 minutes each during the during the webinar. But between section one and two and two and three, we played Kahoot games. So we got the audience involved during each section. We encouraged people to come onto the stage and have the conversation with us. We had a, one person do that actually. We had a lot of chat going on in the in 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 the chat, and I was able to engage people with things like, "Hey, put a number one if you think this. Put a number zero if you think that. Hey, like this person's great. Let's highlight that person's comment onto the stage so people can see it more. Let's actually address that, right? So the host, the host is also super important when it comes to webinars. The host has to be someone who's who's um, able to quickly pivot and is really great kind of an improv and include the audience within the dialogue that's happening and design it in a way that feels like a fast moving and an exciting TV show, if you will. I think, I think that's a really good way to think about webinars these days. Three really interesting takeaways from what Mark just said. So when you're planning out your webinar, the first thing you want to do is you want to start with the end in mind. Write down on a piece of paper, what is it that I want my audience to take away from this session? and work backwards from there. The second thing he said was, think about how you can structure the webinar into segments, which is really interesting, and he compared it to a TV show. What that makes me think about is late night television. It's never just the host talking to a guest for 60 minutes on the couch straight. Each episode is interjected with games, cutaways, remotes, talking heads. All of these things are designed to keep you interested and engaged over the course of the hour. So take that same approach when you're planning out your webinar. 
If it's 60 minutes, figure out what happens every five minutes that's gonna keep people glued to their screens. And the third thing you mentioned was the importance of the host and bringing on someone who feels comfortable rolling with the punches and improvising based on audience feedback. So those three again, start with the end in mind, think in segments and get a killer host. Now for a short ad break. When it comes to generating long-term revenue for a B2B business, there are a few content formats better than a podcast. In fact, one of my clients recently secured over 3 million pounds in qualified pipeline off the back of their own branded show. Enough companies have reached out to me over the last couple of months, having listened to B2B Better, looking for help in launching their own branded podcasts, that I'm developing a package service that will help them create, produce, and distribute their own in under eight weeks. It will include full end-to-end support, ideation, artwork, guest booking, script writing, editing, distribution, even hosting if it's needed. So if you're interested in taking part in that initial pilot, or you're curious to know whether a podcast makes sense for your business, you can drop me an email at jason at b2b-better.com, or you can hit the Calendly link in the description of this episode. Thanks. So before the break, we talked about how do you structure a great webinar? And one of the points that Mark made was you need a great host. And having run a lot of webinars myself over the years, I can tell you that finding a great webinar host is really, really tough. It's natural to look to the CEO or possibly a salesperson, someone who feels comfortable talking to people and has the prestige behind them as a natural contender. But sometimes the characteristics of what makes a great salesperson does not make for a great podcast host. I asked Mark to outline for me what are the attributes that a marketer should be looking out for when they're choosing for this all-important role. Uh, Multitasking. They can multitask. I can unpack that one for sure. They uh, really, and this sounds, don't take this the wrong way. I think it's important though. Like they don't care what people think because you're going to mess up like live is live live is great because it is live it's authentic but like you make a mistake you're gonna have to respond maybe you say something you shouldn't have said you got to address it right away right like you're you're okay with that right like it's it's okay um they have passion they have passion for the the job of hosting but they have passion also for kind of just the overall topic and theme and and um you know they're a show person at the end of the day they like they like to be on stage and like this introverts and extroverts can be great hosts absolutely it, it, it just it's just a matter of they are inside of their bones they're like yeah I like the feeling i get when an audience gets engaged when i see people light up when i see people um agree disagree right um i would say those are the the the, the, the big ones a couple of other things that mark added when we stopped recording were Does the person feel comfortable using the technology, be it Zoom, be it AirMeet, ideally, though that's not a plug? Are they okay getting the webinar set up and are they able to react on the fly if something doesn't go to plan? 
do they also have enough time to prepare, right? We talked about that right up at the top of this episode. If they're not putting in the hours to make sure that the webinar is structured and engaging and finds ways to incorporate audience participation, then ultimately it's going to fall flat on its face. And finally, and this one's really important, are they willing and able to promote the webinar? Mark's words, they need to be there before, during, and after. Now, that's not to say that you need someone that's got a massive social following, but if you're going to create a webinar episode or even a series, having a person that is willing to go out there and shout about it from the rooftops is a really important part of building that momentum and maintaining that audience engagement. One of the greatest opportunities with webinars is when you start to think beyond just the single episode. When you create a show, a piece of branded media IP that people look forward to coming back to week in, week out, because they know exactly what they're going to get in terms of the content and the quality. So I asked Mark, who remember has done a thousand webinars, over a thousand webinars uh, during the course of his career. How do you evolve beyond just thinking in isolation and develop a show? Three things, who, why, what? And then comes the when, the where, and the how. Um, we're actually building a, a great template and guide for people to do this. We're actually going to do it hopefully with um, some uh, you know, AI-based content tools that's basically going to give you an output of a, of a simple brief. But you got to build you got to build a brief before you build the brief, which is really the how. You know, the brief is the story, the details, the messaging, the run of show, you know, the, the messaging for the emails you send, the social copy, etc. Before that, the how you know, you're going to execute it. You got to think about the who, the why, and the what. So the who is the audience and, and be specific. I could just say, Hey, my audience is B2B marketers. Like, eh, I don't know, but that's pretty general. Like, you know, like you got to get more specific. I mean, that could be at the person level, the account level, the stage in, in the journey uh, that you're trying to target from a customer journey standpoint. It could be all three of those things, but you got to be specific. And then, then the, the why, the why is two things. The why is why would people sign up, show up, engage, or maybe watch the recording stuff that kind of we already talked about. And then the the other why is is you know why is the base in, uh, the business excuse me Jason like doing it? Like why would the business be putting the time and effort and money into doing this? So like ultimately what is the, what is you know the the metric or the metrics that you're trying to get out of this uh, either you know but both upfront but also long term. What I mean by upfront is the registration numbers, the attendance numbers, the quality of the attendance and registration, but then like, what is it trying to you know turn into maybe longer term? Uh, and then the what is like, what type of events? This goes to use case. This goes to, um, even in web when webinar, you can double click. What is the actual event? Um, you know, first you ask yourself, is it online or in person? So if it's online, then it's like, well, is it more of a training style? Is it more... Uh, a debate style? Is it more panel style? Is it more um, quick hitting style? You know, I, I see a lot of success with doing um, five to 10 minute segments with four or five different people instead of the panel. Why? Why? Just that, that's so much better than a panel, in my opinion. Like have four or five people each speak for five to 10 minutes. 
that's faster moving. That that's gonna d- diversify the audience's attention way more than just having a panel. Mm. You know, so anyway, so this the, the what is super important. So the the what helps you achieve the why to and aligns to the who, but the devil's in the details, you know, as they say. So then then you have to take those three things and actually build out the brief, which is how do you actually execute the webinar before it happens, during, and then after. So let's now start talking about this in practical terms. What could a branded recurring webinar series actually look like? Well, one of the most popular formats is the teardown format. So this was uh, popularized in B2B SaaS by ProfitWell, the churn management solution uh, that sold to Paddle last year for $200 million. And essentially what Patrick Campbell, the CEO, would do uh, with a co-host is tear down a pricing page in real time. Now, I don't recall this being a live recorded session. I think it was uh, filmed on demand and then published on their website. But the format would actually work really well as a live webinar series. And in fact, it's something that Mark and his team have done uh, to great effect, reviewing call to actions, landing pages, and other marketing materials. Here he is talking about it. And we would we would have people submit these ahead of time. So we would participate, the audience would participate ahead of time. Say, hey, as you sign up, do you want to submit your example to be reviewed? Mm-hmm. There you go. Like, yes or no. And then we would just, sometimes we get so many, we couldn't even do it. And then we actually did like additional blog content about that. Or we did another one. Those live reviews, uh, live teardowns, live whatever, right? And I think actually a lot of industries, not just MarTech, but but sales tech, manufacturing, fintech, they, they can do this. Like there's things that you can review, right? And, and give critical feedback on. Um, you know, you could also, you know, make those, this is the second example I'll give. You can make those exclusive, right? Say, like, well, you know, we're going to cap this to 200 people or 100 people because, you could first off, you know, kind of make up reasons if you want, but there's also legitimate reasons why you would want to cap it because you want to have a really high penetration of, of quality and engagement. And you're going to be giving those people who actually participate and show up and attend a special offer. Now we're getting into an interesting conversation, which is essentially trying to answer the question to gate or not to gate. As a B2B marketing community, it is fair to say that over the last five to eight years, we have swung too hard uh, in a certain direction around gating the most mundane and boring of content that we create in the hopes that we can collect an email address, qualify it, and hand it over to sales team to hit our MQL quota. But as a symptom of this, we as a community or parts of our community have started to swing the other way, which is Let's not gate anything and trust in the process. If someone wants to buy from us, they will figure out a way to get in touch. Now, for me, neither approach is correct. You need to find that happy medium. And particularly with webinars, if you are investing in creating a intuitive format, if you're investing in high quality guests, if you're expressing a unique point of view, in essence, are you provide something of high enough value, then putting it behind a registration wall where in exchange for an email, uh, a viewer can gain access to the webinar either live or on demand makes sense to me. Here's what Mark had to say on that point. 
I think the recording should not be gated. Recordings for the most part should not be gated unless there's a big value add. Um, or if you have all the recordings in one master experience and this requires a one-time signup to get all the recordings, okay. Uh, but for like, you know, attending it, you, sh you should need to ask for the information of the person for the most part, you know, if you don't gate it up front, then you got to design the show to figure out how to get signals of engagement and intent through the show itself, through the audience, mm. which is which can be done as well. But for some platforms, some technologies, it's either you can't do that or it's really hard to do that. Okay. But what information should I be capturing at that point of registration? Just do email. Don't do like, I see some that do ask like five, six questions. Like that's insane. Like that's, oh, yeah. just, just do email, yeah. <laughs> please. <laughs> Um, and, and I wouldn't just require business email either. I think actually we offer Gmail or business email. And then you can say, well, what about company? Fine. Add company name if you want, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a low intent offer. In my opinion, a webinar, you know, unless it's a live group demo, which we actually classify as high intent and we do request a little bit more information and we'll see what well, we will look at conversion rates. Um, you know, I, I think that's the way you do it. I'd also say the last point on that is you have to somehow try to get it on someone's calendar. So that's the other reason why email is kind of important. Like for them to show up, you have to figure out some mechanism if you don't gate it to get that date and time on their calendar. You heard it on B2B Better. Podcasts are by no means dead. Mark and his team over at Airmeet are living proof of that. And they're not alone. Two thirds of B2B marketing and sales leaders consider webinars as their primary source of generating new leads. But if you take anything away from this episode, it's that not all webinars are built equal. Before sitting down to record your first episode, remember Mark's advice. Start with the end in mind. What is it that we want the audience to remember? What is it we want them to feel? And how can we design the episode into specific segments that will allow us to achieve that? There are hundreds, thousands of webinars out there being run every single month by different B2B brands. Format, having a unique point of view, and investing in high quality talent are differentiators, but you need to put in the work. And that's it for this episode of B2B Better. I do hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave a rating and a review in your podcast directory of choice. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, I'm on them all. It is so appreciated. Also, check out my website, www.b2b-better.com, where you can learn about my strategic marketing advisory firm and all the services I offer from fractional CMO work to marketing sprints to marketing audits and marketing mentorship and coaching. If you have a marketing challenge that you seem to be stuck on, you can book a free totally no strings attached consultancy call with myself the link is in the description of this episode you can book it it's on calendly it takes two seconds or you can email me jason at b2b-better.com i would just love to hear from you what you think about the podcast anything that i'm not talking about i should be talking about an episode that you loved a guest i should interview i want to hear it all i want to be connected with you speaking of which you can find me on twitter at jason r bradwell or on linkedin jason bradwell i've got the bright yellow profile picture you can't miss me see you next time <laughs>